Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Luke chapter 2, we ended last week with verse 7 that she had brought forth forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. We're picking up today at verse 8. Verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Everyone say by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. They were in amazement. They were overwhelmed, as it were. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Angelic visitations should be comforting. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, suddenly, there was with the angel. It started as the angel. But once the announcement was made, there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Everybody always wants to put this group in the manger. No, this group is in the field talking to the shepherds. That multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying what? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's read down through verse 20 before we're done today. And it came to pass As the angels were gone away from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste. When the Lord gives you a clear word, act on it. They came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by who? By the shepherds. But Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returning, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Because a witness is based on what they have heard and seen, as it was told to them. I want to 
I want to preach today as I feel directed. I have been at some level living with these shepherds all week long. And uh, I've, never, I've never spent so much time with the shepherds as I have in the last seven days. We've spent some time together, and I want to, from this particular text and in the context of our season, preach on this thought, the art of re-gifting. <laughs> you know who you are. Would you lift your hands and would you pray with me right now, Lord? We love you and we thank you for our time together. I pray that you would help me to preach with wisdom and clarity in a way that's receivable. That your word would come alive in our ears and our hearts. That we would grow because of our time. We want to be greater Christians, greater followers of Christ. Help me to preach. Help us to hear. Help us to respond to your word. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. I feel like every Sunday I have to ask, is anyone still have shopping to do? Raise your hand if you do. Tell on yourself. Your kids are downstairs. Is anyone completely done? You're doing no more Christmas shopping. Raise your hand real proud so that we know you're better than us. Fantastic. Fantastic. I want to share this 44, 45 second video with you to get us started today in case you're not familiar with re-gifting. It's Christmas. This year, like years past, you'll probably experience the tradition of giving and receiving gifts. Among those gifts, there's bound to be some peculiar ones, like the Santa t-shirt from your kids that can only be worn once a year, appropriately anyway, or that back scratcher from Aunt Betty that may or may not have been used. How about the battery-operated toilet bowl nightlight from your secret Santa at the office? So what do you do when you unwrap something you can't imagine using? You wrap it back up and give it away to someone else in a practice known as the art of re-gifting. Don't raise your hand if you're guilty. But if you're guilty, please raise your... No, I'm, just... I'm afraid that most of us have been there in that awesome yet awkward place where the gift has been given. And if you are a part of one of those families where everyone watches everyone else open their gift, you've really got to have your face under control. <laughs> As you begin to delicately open that paper, slide it open, some people do not open paper slowly because they're worried about saving the paper. It's because they are guarding their facial expression and they are preparing for what the gift may be. Most of us have been in a place where we opened the gift. My one brother-in-law who will no doubt watch this at some point and call me when I was early in my relationship with my wife he gave me gag gifts and acted serious our first Christmas together just to watch my response. I will never forget opening coloring books of which he acted very proud to give me 
and quizzed whether or not I liked them. To which I said, these won't last long. <laughs> and they didn't. But we've all been there where we open this gift or a gift and we act thankful. Because it is the thought that counts. But sometimes the gift, especially if it was that used back scratcher, is not exactly what we're after. If you'll allow me to dive into the text a little bit in Luke, the second chapter, I might even ask you today to keep your Bible open or your app open unless you will be distracted by that app into other areas of your phone. If you can turn it on airplane mode and, and use your Bible app, I would ask you to get in to the text because there is a question, Brother Brown, that, that seems to grab a reader if we take time and really look on it. If if God that has been prophesied and this Savior that is being born is really being born and having been born of a virgin. And we, we, we talked about Mary in the process of travel last week. And yet, if we get to this place where here he really has been born in a manger, there seems to be a question for the average reader, if we do more than get caught in the nostalgia of the Christmas story, of everyone in the world who could be first to know, why would it be shepherds in a field? There are thousands of people that seem to be of, of a greater level of influence in the world. People that, that could help to usher in the acknowledgement of the mighty God in Christ born in the world. It seems as though we would, we would run to the king, maybe even Caesar himself. Maybe we would run to those of hierarchy and let them know God is here. Obvious at disposal, Brother Fridley was the angelic host of heaven. The angelic host of heaven could show up to anyone in the world. So who does he choose? Meh. Shepherds in the field. The Bible says keeping watch over their flock by night. In the early stages of the Old Testament, to be a shepherd was a heralded responsibility. It was a lifted role. For no one looks at Abraham as lesser. For to be a shepherd in the Old Testament seemed to be a place of dignity, and reverence and honor. But somewhere as time marched on, this job, this role, this lofty responsibility became lesser among the people. And by the time of the birth of Christ, the shepherd was not what he used to be. 
Brother Ross, by the time that Christ is born in Bethlehem, the shepherds were the outcasts of society. They were pushed off to the side. If you look back a handful of weeks, you see that this is a setup for a long time. There's a big part of this Christmas season that has the shepherd woven through it. They're pushed off to the, to the edges of society only there as a necessary individual. But their interaction with the, with the religious leaders of the time or even the, the common folks within the city, they were kind of to themselves. They were field dwellers. They were keepers. But these particular shepherds were not just any shepherds, but they were there within proximity to Jerusalem. They're, they're in the place where they would be keeping seemingly historically identified as the lambs which have been, would have been used at the temple. Very important for us to understand and consider the fact that very likely the shepherds that are appeared to by the angel of the Lord are the shepherds that were responsible to make sure that a lamb could be sacrificed in the temple. When you put that and frame it into context, it makes sense that when the Lamb of God came, the first person the shepherd wanted to talk to was the people who were going to be unemployed before long. You have a livelihood that has been based on a temporary substitute of perfection in temple lambs, but the Lamb of God. Some commentaries read that when the angel began to speak good tidings to them, that he was really beginning to describe and tell them the good news of what was to come. We don't have all of that conversation housed, what the angel really told them. But we do know that he told them that there was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Only the eternities will really flesh out. But here's what I do know. The angel told the right people. The angel told the right people who were willing to do something with it. Let me take a preacher's pause and tell you. I think God knows how to strategically find people that will do something with what he gives them. Yes, I do. And I think that this day, and this age, just like that one, the Lord is looking for people who will hear. The Lord is here. And the Lord is at work. And he comes to the shepherds and begins to speak to them and begins to talk to them the good tidings, the, the great joy. And it's going to bring peace upon the earth. We're about to hear a multitude that comes when it says you're going to find the, 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 the child. He will be laying in swaddling clothes and in a manger. And all of a sudden, here it comes, the multitude. Now, as long as I've been alive since I was a kid, we have turned this into an angelic choir. The only problem is the Bible doesn't say that. Oh, to sing like the angels. It's not what happened. Angels weren't singing. They were proclaiming. <laughs> they were proclaiming what was happening. One angel comes and shows it, but then a multitude 
of heavenly host. I wonder what would really happen in our average church service if we could see the heavenly host. Hmm. I wonder what would happen in our average regular worship service while the worship leader is leading or while the preacher is preaching when someone talks about the grand nature of Christ if all of a sudden a multitude of heavenly hosts appear. I'll tell you what we would do. We would do whatever it took to get in alignment with the heavenlies. Go, go in your Bible here. Let's look at it together. They were afraid. You would have been afraid. Fear not. I bring you good tidings, verse 10, of great joy, which shall be to who? All people who's born a Savior, Christ the Lord. This will be the sign. Watch this. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. To us, this is not revelatory. Brother Dugas, we've heard this for years, decades. But for them, it was the first time that in actuality, it had happened. And on the announcement of the angel, what happens? As soon as he said, I want you to catch it. I just don't want to miss it. I want to slow down. I want us to catch it. You're going to find the babe. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly, and suddenly, he will not just be any babe. The angels from a heavenly account, the angel came down and said, <laughs> Micah's prophecy in Bethlehem. That Pastor Carson's going to preach about all real hard last week and sweat and everything. He's wrapped, not just in swaddling clothes, because historically there's a lot of people that would say they were all wrapped in swaddling clothes, whether that's reality or not. But none of them get lying in a manger. And when the angel threw them for a loop and said he'll be in swaddling clothes and in a manger, the heavenly host said, just in case there might be any chance of denial, the heavenly host came and they began praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. <laughs> glory to God in the highest. You see, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I get too excited, but here's why. And on earth. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. The prophets have been prophesying. It waited on. They waited for their revelation to come for that angel to say, he's in a manger. He's in a manger. And as soon as that angel said, he's in the lowest place you're ever going to find a baby. The host came praising God and saying, glory to God. Glory to God. How many in this room have found that at your lowest place, when God shows up, nobody can explain it. Nobody can understand it. But he just shows up. And all of a sudden, here it comes. Not just glory to God on the highest, but on earth. On earth. 
Here it is. Peace. My God, if we need anything right now, it's peace. You really think we're going to pass a law and get peace? Brother Harrison, we're not going to get some new government agency to come up with something new that we all go to the polls and, and stamp it. We say, thank God, finally there's peace. We're not going to get peace from rolling tanks down the middle of the road. We're not going to get... I'm going to go ahead and preach what I feel, what I know is right. We're not even going to get peace if we can come together on whether to mandate vaccines. My God, have mercy. Won't even talk to your brother because of how they feel about a vaccine. Grow up and get over that. We're bigger than that. We're better than that. Not going to find peace. We're not going to find peace based on whether or not you get a raise. If I get a raise, if I could get a new car, I'll find peace. That is not going to bring peace. And I understand that there are major regulations about guns and gun control. And I'm not making a political statement right now. I'm making a basic statement. Well, if we take all the guns away, we'll get peace. No, you, no, we won't. The only way we get rid of that is to get sin under control. And we can't get sin under control unless we acknowledge who was born in the... We gotta acknowledge who he was. All of heaven said, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. There's been glory to God in the highest, but now there can be peace on earth. There can be goodwill. There can be goodwill. Oh, I wish somebody would celebrate that you know who he is. Come on, we ought to celebrate that we know who he is. I know he's Jesus. I know he's the Lamb of God. I know he's the one slain from the foundation. My, oh, I feel the Lord in this. Somebody that's looking for Pete. Pastor, are you saying, are you saying that we don't need these things in our world? We don't need, God? no, we need people to work together. I wish we need a baptism of common sense in a lot of places. We really do. That's not me preaching ugly or talking ugly. That's just, we need it. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Be not conformed to the word, but transformed by the word. How do we get that? Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. Woo! Man, I love what I feel right now. Because I believe that when we talk about him, I believe the angels turn their attention. When we say we know that Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh, and we say we know that the manger and the stable is more than decoration, I think the angels say, Woo! Now, I don't think they all put choir robes on. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who needs that image. Oh, she sings like an angel. Okay. Where do you get that? I don't need 
I don't need the Bible to say anything that it doesn't. I need to know what it does say. It says glory to God in the highest. That means his lifted. If I be lifted up. There was no question in the mind of God whether or not Christ would resurrect. That was not an if he gets up from the dead. That was a if he's exalted. If I be lifted up, I will draw glory to God in the highest and on earth. You know, there are some jobs. By this point, in, 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 in Bethlehem, the shepherd wasn't quite as uh, high esteem as it used to be. We have jobs like that. You know, there, there are jobs that used to exist that do not. There used to be computers. You're like, Pastor, there's still computers. No, no, there were people who were called the computer. Job lost. Why? Because your four-year-old can unlock things on your cell phone you don't know exist. You know, there used to be airplane listeners. Giant megaphone style things that people, this was what they were paid at the airfield to keep their ear on the. Hear one. Hear one come. Thank God for radar. What do you do when Frank's hearing's going and he don't tell anybody? <laughs> Frank, you missed that bomber. How about the people whose job it was to light the lamps? That was a job. Some of you grew up. I grew up in a time where there was a, even me in Southern Illinois. Now we were a little behind, but we had milkman. How many of you grew up? You had a milkman when you were, yeah. Talk about a job you never hear anymore. Nobody in here has a, a, a young person that you're like, have you checked at the office? For, you could be a milkman. Because as the world evolves, jobs come and go. And the angels showed up to the shepherds, letting them know shepherds may be necessary, but your particular <laughs> this particular flock, this substitute that you've been guarding, because you shepherds are the guardians of the substitute. And I fear right now that a lot of religiosity in this world is still trying to be guarders of the substitute, while we, the church, if we're not careful, are being hiders of the truth. I do not want to hide what I know is real. He showed up to let them know there he is in the city of David. He's born in swaddling clothes. He's lying in a manger. Cue the heavenly host. Glory to God, right? What do they do? Like flash, they head to the city. 
they come to see, is it right? You're exactly right. And they didn't waste any time because when they saw he was real, they didn't care if society thought they were outcasts. They came to know that Christ has been born and they felt this obligation. The Bible says they started going to everyone and telling them, he's here, he's here, he's here. And they go to... They go to people, Brother Fridley, whether you make fun of me or not, he is here. Whether you know me or not, he's here. It doesn't matter. What do people, Brother Hurt, what do people make fun of? It doesn't matter if they make fun of me. It's not about me. He's here. He's here. What if people don't believe? Time out. What if people don't believe? What if they don't believe? Them not believing does not make him any less real. What if some people won't come to him? It doesn't mean he fails to exist. Yeah, but they didn't come, so maybe he's not real. What kind of theology is that? Yeah, but they said that I was ridiculous. Brother Sleva, it doesn't matter if you come with me or not. We've got to get this. It doesn't matter, Brother Ross. It doesn't matter if you come to the manger. He's still going to be breathing. He's still going to be living. He's still going to be moving. Mary's still going to be running her fingers over his head. Joseph's still going to... So that's where I'm at for the church in 2021. Everybody might not come, but some will. Some will. Some will. I know not everybody believed, but there were a lot who did. There were a lot who came. How do you know that they showed up? Because we're preaching about it. Because we're still... What about the people who looked at him like he was crazy? He just re-gifted it to someone else. Oh, you don't want it? It's all right. I'd give it to somebody who does want it. <laughs> I'm just going to stop and worship God what I feel. I'm <laughs> you might not want the gift. But somebody does. Somebody wants the gift. Somebody wants the name. Somebody wants to praise him. Somebody wants to exalt him. Yeah. Lift your voices all over the room and give him praise. You know what? Stand, stand, stand. And lift your hands and lift your voice and praise him with me. God. Glory to God. This is one gift. This is one gift you can't afford to not re-gift. If you really believe in him, this is a gift you've got to give away. 
This is the only gift you get to give away and keep at the same time. This is not like those ugly socks that your aunt bought you. That you gave to somebody else. It's not like that gift card somebody gave you and you gave away not knowing they had put your name on the back. You're laughing because you did it. Me too. But I said it was my wife. Uh, we got a gift card one time. We got a gift card one time. We were so excited. We are like, we love this restaurant. And turned it over and it said two. And the other person's name. We used it. Yeah, we did. I'm not sorry about it at all. Tasted even better knowing it wasn't even for me. That's the blessings of God. It is the greatest. To date, it is the greatest thing I've ever been given. To know that he's real. It is the greatest. He is the greatest. And for me, just going to tell you, I, I'm not supposed to envy. I, I got to watch the big 10. I don't, I don't want to covet what, but I, I do. I, I envy sometimes that, that angel came to those shepherds. What an experience. Sister McFarland, the fact that that heavenly host showed up. Wow. I never had that. But I've got services. I've got, I've got seismic shifts that occurred in my life at different moments in services just like this. Brother Honeycutt, where I, I walked in just thinking it was a regular gathering, just a service. And all of a sudden, something moved. And the choir, or the worship leader, or the preacher, or the pastor, something just happened. And even though I didn't see the heavenly host, I could sure feel it. Got this, I got this service forever etched in my memory. I was seven years old, seven, seven years old. And yet I could walk you into that church in Texas and I could set you down in the seat that I was in. I could tell the team how to put the lighting Sitting on the left side of that building, I know how the lights look. Seven years old. I know how the choir was arranged. I know how the drummer was playing. I can hear it when I, when I felt God walk into that room. Oh, how's that possible? You were just a kid. I don't know how it's possible. I just know he's personal. He walked in that room. I would stand some, some 15 years later in front 
of a district board the first time I was ever going for my license. And they would ask me, Brother Senior, how I knew I was called to preach. And I'd walk them back to that place at seven. Got all these instances. My mind is flooded with the files of times that he just showed up and reminded me. And I know there are people in this room right now, you feel a lot more like a dry field season than you do a heavenly host. But if you'll let the memories, and for some of you maybe here for the first time, you don't recognize if you will simply acknowledge that he who was born in a manger wrapped in those swaddling clothes was more than just another baby, then you can get in direct alignment with heaven. I want you to lift your hands all over this room. God wants to do something special for somebody in this room. If you're in this room and you've been living on repeat, you keep getting there, but you can't quite break through. You keep getting to that place, but you keep falling back in. You, you keep bumping up against what you feel. You can't have a breakthrough. Ooh. You're here today and you know God has been challenging you to accept the full gift of what he has. And I am reaching for somebody right now. You've heard, you just haven't experienced. For you to be the full witness that God has called you to, you have to not only know about Him, but you have to come to Him. For some of you, you had an experience with Him many years ago, or you had an experience with Him last year, but He is calling you to a fresh acknowledgement of who He is. Hands lifted all over this room. I want the prayer warriors to begin to pray. There are men and women that like the shepherds. You need to get out of your pew, and you need to walk down to this altar, and you need to come and experience Him fresh and new right now. Someone needs to walk to this altar and say, Lord, I'm going to let this season be what you. I'm not going to be effective as a witness this Christmas season to my friends and family unless I get a fresh experience of who you are. I've got to have. I've got to have. I've got to have. You're overwhelmed by family situations. You're overwhelmed by an issue that just won't go away. I'm telling you, there's good news. If you're here today and your family has been lacking peace, <coughs> your mind has been lacking peace, I want you to know that you can join with the multitude of the heavenly host that is saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. 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 I need some men and women to take some families to prayer that have lost love. I need you to pray peace for them. 
peace on earth. 